to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations, first down, plate it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braid it. Facts, keys to the city, we are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. It's our favorite week of the year. NFL Draft is upon us. We are just about 50 hours away from the 2020 NFL Draft. I cannot wait. Ted, this has been our third year doing our mock drafts. It's an exciting time for a lot of sports fans. I know you're excited. I know it's going to be different with the virtual draft, but I still cannot wait come Thursday night. And at this present time, this is the only thing we really have to look forward to in our <laughs> sports world. Yes. So why not get back to where we started this three years ago at Connecticut School of Broadcasting with the NFL mock draft. So here are the rules. There are no trades allowed in this mock draft. That's inevitable. There will be trades come Thursday night, but we will not have any trades. One minute on the clock. Ted will get the first pick. He will have the odd picks, and I will have the second pick. So I will have the even picks. Ted, the Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock. It's very simple. We've pretty much realized this since the national championship that Joe Burrow was going to be the number one pick. It's the glaring need. You need a quarterback. You need a franchise quarterback. With everything that we've seen in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you will not be successful. The Andy Dawn era is over. We're going to take the best quarterback, the best prospect, the best college player in the entire NFL college season last year. It was Joe Burrow. He set records that we have never seen before. Over 60 touchdowns, over 5,000 yards passing. I know you can make the argument, hey, listen, Teddy's had two great receivers. He had a great tight end. He had a great offensive line. Don't forget a great running back as well. Absolutely. And a great offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach in Joe Brady who ended up going to the Carolina Panthers. But let's make this easy. Let's make this simple. With the number one pick, the Cincinnati Bengals will take Joe Burrow from LSU. Oh, that was pretty easy. It looked like there was going to be some maybe trades. I know the Dolphins were interested in trying to get him, but this is obvious. This was supposed to be the pick since January when he won the national championship. It was inevitable when the, when the Cincinnati Bengals got the number one pick. Let's move over to the second pick. And this is where it does get a little intriguing because I know deep down that we all expect that Chase Young will become the next Washington Redskin. But there are some rumors that Tua could be in play, a quarterback. They do need an offensive line with the Trent Williams issue going on, prolonging as well. So we don't know what's going to happen with that. But ladies and gentlemen, with the second pick in the 2020 NFL mock draft, keys to the city mock draft, the Washington Redskins select... Chase Young, defensive end. He was the best defensive player in college football, the most dominant player maybe in all college football other than Joe Burrow. He's a generational pass rusher. He has everything you want, speed, quickness. Compared to the Bosa brothers, and when you're in that company, well, then you're doing something well at Ohio State. And this is easy. Ron Rivera, a new head coach, loves that defensive mindset, mentality. But Chase Young is there. They could look at quarterback, could look at offensive line, try to trade back. Realistically, they stay put because of this whole virtual draft, and it may be a little tougher to trade back than previous years. But with the second pick, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young. Ted, this is where it starts to get a little interesting. When three and four, because we were, we've been hearing Burrow Young one two without question. Now we get in to three four the giant the Lions and the Giants, two teams that have been trying to trade. But what are you doing with that number three pick? Now, like we said, there is going to be no trades. And I really don't think there's going to be a trade for the number that three spot. That will be spot. inevitable on Thursday night. Yeah, and I don't think there's going to be a trade because I think with both quarterbacks and Herbert and Tua, there's too many question marks. Herbert, it's leadership and the ability to just take over a game that we didn't get to see in his four-year career at Oregon. And Tua, we know about his injury concerns. So let's follow the suit. Let's continue to roll on. We're going to go with Chase Young's teammate from Ohio State, Jeffrey wow. Okuda. Okay. After trading away Darius Slay, the Lions brought in Desmond True who, listen, is a really good player, but he's at the back end of his career. He's no longer a number one corner. You bring in Akuda, he's a day one starter. Got great size, six foot, over 200 pounds. Had a good 40 time in the, at the combine. This guy was the best cornerback in college football last year. Maybe only to Derek Stingley and LSU. Mm -hmm. The Detroit Lions need defense. And they need help in the pass defense. They've had a 9-22-1 record in the last two seasons with Matt Patricia. You start by getting a number one cornerback, which is one of the most valuable spots 
on an NFL team. We're going to take Jeffrey Okuda with the number three pick for the Man, Detroit there's a, Lions. There's a possibility in play that Derrick Brown could also be the pick here because they, like you said, Ted, they need defense around the board. Cornerback, desperate need after losing Darius Slay and trading him to the Eagles, but they could use a defensive tackle with losing Snacks Harrison as well as another couple, to two other defensive. So they need an interior defensive lineman. Derek Brown is on the board for them, but like I said, I think the top three, without barring any trade, I think this will be the top three come Thursday night, so I'm in agreement so far with how it's played out so far. In the and draft. these are probably the three best players coming into the draft. So now, that's why are, are, we, are we sure about that? Well, be, and, I'll, and I'll say that with this regard before we get to number four pick is Simmons. He's a great player. He might be the best overall player in this entire draft, but the problem is he doesn't have a designated spot. And when you don't have a, yeah. a pure spot, yep. it's kind of like baseball. You become a utility player. You're great at everything, but in this league where the NFL is so defined by positions, yeah. they'd rather you see it, you're either a safety a or a linebacker. And I see him being a safety and first and second down, and then a third down when nickel and dime coverage. Now he comes down to the box and does what he does great and plays all over the field. And, guard and, and I everything. can see that these are the top three picks because these are, to us, maybe other than left tackle, the three most valuable positions in the game right now. Now we move over to Big Blue. The New York football giants, they've been terrible for quite some time other than the one playoff appearance in 2016. But let's see. What can the New York Giants do here? Well, it's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. The Giants could either go with the all-around, do-it-all guy in Isaiah Simmons. He can play the pass rush. He can play corner. He can play safety. He could play, He could cover tight ends. He could do everything you want. He is the definition of versatility. And Joe Judge has said that on many occasions so far as new football head coach of the New York Giants is versatility. He wants players of versatility. Well, that doesn't, that speaks to Isaiah Simmons. But the New York Giants just drafted two offensive players, two cornerstone players in Daniel Jones last year and Saquon Barkley. Now it comes down to which offensive lineman is it going to be? The Giants are desperately trying to trade back, like I said, with Detroit. But like with this whole virtual draft, they will get nothing done. And I see everybody staying put within the first 10 picks. I do not see a lot of trades happening in the first 10 picks. Outside of 10, I see it happen. But who do the New York Giants pick? The Gi New York Giants are going to take the best offensive lineman in this draft. Too many. And that's Jedrick Wills from Alabama. And I think the main thing is the connection with Alabama. Nick Saban, Joe Judge both worked at each other. But the reason I take him is because this the Giants need to get back to running the football. Tough, hard-nosed player, and he's a mauler. And I like Tristan Wirfs at this possibility, too. But he could be better suited to be a guard. And the Giants are desperately looking for a left tackle slash right tackle. Soldier, we're going to play, be, maybe stay there for one more year. But Jedrick Wills will be the pick at number four. So, Ted, this is where it gets interesting. The Miami Dolphins, the first of three first-round picks. Now, who are they taking? Is it Justin Herbert? Is it Tua? Or the wild card, Jordan Love at number five? Either way, they look like they're going quarterback. So, who are the Miami Dolphins taking? So, before we've done this draft, we've gone back and forth. And, and we're doing everything that we can to, from our per perspective of getting every analysis on every player and watching as much film and, and listen to as many podcasts as we can. And I contemplated this. And I said, well, here you go. You have Herbert, who a guy who looks the part. He's 6'6", he's 235 pounds, has a cannon for an arm can run he has the athleticism to break out of the pocket and run the football and then you got Tua Tua is a guy that up until Joe Burrow stepped on the field last year was the best player it was tank for Tua tank for Tua he was going to be the ultimate number one pick and that's really I think where Miami goes it's Tua and the reason why I'm choosing Tua is because I'm going to bring back to the time when Miami Dolphins had the choice of signing Drew Brees and they decided not to and they decided because of he had an injury concern with his shoulder learn from their past mistakes learn from their past mistakes yes. listen and what did they do they end up signing Dante Culpepper and not that Dante Culpepper was a bad player but he was not Drew Brees and I don't think Miami wants to make that same mistake so even though Herbert might be the safer pick we need an immediate impact guy a guy that eventually once he gets healthy will change his franchise around and will be the best quarterback that Miami's had since Dan Marino so with the number five pick the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tagovailoa well that makes six number number six easy for me I guess because well there's either two things they could do are they taking Tua if he's there or are they taking Justin Herbert I see both of these teams swip swapping 
it's either going to be Tua here or Justin Herbert. Well, they get Justin Herbert, and that's why with the sixth pick in the 2020 NFL mock draft, the Los Angeles Chargers, with their new look, Los Angeles Chargers select their quarterback of the future, and that is Justin Herbert. Look, they have Tyrod Taylor now. He can play for a couple games, kind of like what the Cleveland Browns did a couple years ago with Baker Mayfield. Give him the experience, learn, but I just see that Justin Herbert, they desperately need a quarterback. They need a franchise quarterback. They moved down from Phillip Rivers. I know offensive line is a possibility right here to shore up Brian Balaga. They get signed. But I don't see them taking an offensive lineman here. I see them desperately needing a quarterback, and Justin Herbert or Jordan Love is the best possible fit here. So with the six-pack, I take Justin Herbert, Los Angeles Chargers. Ted, the Carolina Panthers are now on the board. This comes out to the defensive players. Do you take the defensive tackle and Derek Brown from Auburn, which they desperately need deep tackles. They've lost multiple D tackles from their team this year. They were really weak in that position. Mm -hmm. But they also had a Hall of Famer retire this year in Luke Keekley. And the Whoa. year before, they lost Thomas Davis, another Whoa. outstanding linebacker. And I don't think Carolina expects this guy to be there. But if he is there, they better run up to the board as fast <laughs> as he ran his 40-yard dash. Oh. And with the seventh pick in the NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers are going to take Isaiah Simmons. Love it. Plain and simple, he adds versatility. He be, he becomes their next star linebacker like they've had with the other two guys. He blends in with Shaq Thompson from Washington, who's been there for Very a while. Very similar to coming out of college. He played a lot of different positions at Washington. So, so and, and it's not any knock on Derrick Brown. He's a great player, probably the second best defensive player on the defensive line behind Chase Young, but when you have a guy that no one's really seen like this, I've been calling him the Swiss Army Knight, Six foot three, 245 pounds, 439 speed, over a 40 inch vertical jump, literally can play safety, cornerback, slot corner, he can be your outside pass rusher, he can be your middle linebacker, whatever you want him to be. So and, Matt, can, and Matt Rule get, loves versatility. This is a guy they bring on the line, and he becomes your day one starter. Isaiah Simmons is the number seven pick for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I like it. No matter what, the, the Carolina Panthers need defense. It's they a win-win. They, they lose Gerald McCoy. They lose Dontario Poe, Vernon Butler, and like you just said, Luke Keekley, as well as Thomas Davis past year. They could go Derrick Brown here. They could go Isaiah Simmons. If either one of those players alongside Jeffrey Okuda, if, they're, if any one of those three are there, the Carolina Panthers are flying up to the board and giving that card to Roger Goodell. So no matter what, we're in agreement so far through the first seven picks. We do believe these are the best seven players in the draft. If you want to look through right now, it is Joe Burrow, number one, Chase Young, two, Detroit Lions select Jeffrey Okuda, the New York Giants select Jedrick Wills Jr., Tua at number five, Justin Herbert, and Carolina Panthers just recently selected Isaiah Simmons. So let's move over to the Arizona Cardinals. About a month or so ago, we would have said that Arizona Cardinals were maybe going to be the first team to take a wide receiver. Well, if you didn't know, if you've been living under a rock, they just traded for maybe the best receiver in all of football in DeAndre Hopkins. So you can take that out of this question. This is all offensive alignment or possibility as well as defensive tackle. If he is available at this position, which he is still, they could go defensive tackle. But to me, you just drafted a franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray, and they were he was behind one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year. So what do you do with a class that is strong suited with offensive linemen? Guess what? You have the opportunity to some maybe take the best offensive lineman. And with the eighth pick of the NFL 2020 mock draft, there's Arizona Cardinals select offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs. Like I said, this is all about Kyler Murray. That's what it ultimately comes down to, giving him protection, and Tristan Wirfs is the best available offensive lineman, and probably to some, maybe the best in this class. In a deep class, he might be the best. So the Arizona Cardinals select Tristan Wirfs. Ted, the Jacksonville Jaguars are now on the board, and one of two top 20 picks. Which is this is a team that's been try looks like they're rebuilding. They're trading away everybody. They are tanking for maybe Trevor, maybe Justin Fields. 
but it looks like this team is trading all of their old assets away and trying to pick up new assets and a new beginning for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ted, you are now on the clock. So with the number nine pick, now you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will say this. I think this is maybe one of the first spots that we see a trade. Maybe Atlanta comes up because they have glaring needs at cornerback. Yes. Maybe the Denver Broncos who are looking to get a receiver. But because we are not implementing trades in our mock draft, I got to pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> now, Don't be too now, No, 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 no. Now, when you look at this team, they have glaring needs. You're surprised this team is not picking in the top three. That's how bad they are right now. They are going into the season with Gardner Minshew. So but they're, they're full on rebuild. Yes, which absolutely. Is, uh, they're talking about trading their best defensive end, Nguakwe. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about trading their number four pick a couple years ago, Leonard Fournette. We don't know if any of that's going to happen before the draft. Probably not, but we'll see down the road. So what do we have to deal with right now, the Jacksonville? We have no secondary. Two years ago, this was the best defensive football. They had two all-pro cornerbacks in A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey. Imagine they had one of the best pass rushes. And now they have no defensive line. They really have no linebackers because guys have retired or left. It's just amazing where this defense is. So they need secondary help. Is there a guy there that they could take? Absolutely, in C.J. Henderson. Is there offensive line help? Do they need that? Absolutely. You need to protect Gardner Minshew. They would like to move Cam Robinson down to guard. But with the number nine pick, listen, this guy is top five talent. We're going to take Derrick Brown, defensive oh. tackle from Auburn. You just lost Calais Campbell as well, too. Calais Campbell to the Baltimore Ravens. You want to get back to where what made the Jacksonville Jaguars great with that defensive line. Let's get Derrick Brown. Let's put him in the front and center right there next to Nguakwe. Maybe we can work a deal out and we'll start developing our defensive line and we'll look later in maybe the 20th pick for secondary. I think Jacksonville with Nguakwe, the whole situation with that. And they also just released Marquise Lee as well, so they could be looking receiver here. That's another possibility. But that is a possibility. And help out Gardner Minshew. But the Nguakwe situation has become almost turmoil, so he looks like he will be getting traded, but his value may be dipping because of his little Twitter rant with the son, Tony Khan, the owner's son, Tony Khan, yesterday. With the 10th pick in the 2020 draft is the Cleveland Browns. This is a team that was supposed to have high expectations last year, failed miserably. They need offensive line help. They need protection alongside the Arizona Cardinals. Had one of the worst offensive lines in the game, Baker Mayfield. That's what it comes down to, right? So with the 10th pick, the Cleveland Browns select tackle Andrew Thomas from Georgia. I feel like he is the... I know that Makai Becton is there still, and I, I know people are high on him, but in a, today's day and age, you can't take a chance on raw potential. He's got great potential, Makai Becton. But Andrew Thomas is the more proven player. He's been in a great system at Georgia, running the football, and that's what the Cleveland Browns want to do with Nick Chubb. I know they have Odell Beckham Jr. I know they have Jarvis Landry. I know they have these nice weapons now. Austin Hooper as well. But it comes down to running the football with this team. They got a great running back in Nick Chubb, and Andrew Thomas with the experience playing at Georgia and playing with as well Nick Chubb back in the day. Hmm. Maybe a little intriguing. Guess what? They take, to me, the second best tackle in this draft. Andrew Thomas is a Cleveland Brown now. Ted, let's move over to that other New York team and the New York Jets. There is still a tackle on the board in Mekhi Becton, and there are still three receivers, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and CeeDee Lamb. The New York Jets are now on the clock. We know what the Jets have. They have a star middle linebacker in C.J. Mosley. They have a star safety in Jamal Adams. They have a great running back in Le'Veon Bell who did not have a great year last year. And part of that problem was they didn't have an offensive line. And who did they invest in two years ago? Sam Darnold. That's who they had with the number three pick. That's what they gave three second-round picks for. They came up to get Sam Darnold and they wanted their franchise quarterback. I'm going to take a quote from Dave Gettleman saying, listen, if you're going to spend a high draft pick on your quarterback and have a great run back the only way for them to be successful is to have an offensive line Sam Darnold can't throw the ball when he's laying on his rear end mm -hmm. and Le'Veon Bell can't run the ball when there's not a hole and there's five guys in the defense yep. so listen there's only one tackle left we're going to take the best available tackle left and that makes it really easy we're going to take Mekhi Becton very simple this guy reminds me of Brian McKinney huge guy six foot seven over 360 pounds his biggest problem will be can he maintain his weight? He has great athleticism. He's proved it in the combine. Ran <laughs> maybe the best boom or bust player in the first round. He's got that that much potential. And yeah, he ran a five or under five as a 365 pound offensive lineman. Take that in consideration.
You finish it off, brother. Way to finish it. So let's move over. So, to, oh, so I was just going to add to that, and I apologize. Was now that we're going into that second part of the draft, now we're hitting number 12. All four tackles are off the board. Are you surprised by no. that at any point? No, you have teams, the New York Giants. I mean, even the Carolina Panthers, the Miami Dolphins, the Chargers, all teams that are possible suitors for a left tackle. And then you got the Cardinals, Jacksonville, Browns, and Jets. These are all teams. I mean, other than the first three teams... The next eight are possible suitors for an offensive lineman. So I am not surprised that through the first 11 picks, all four tackles are off the board. Now this is where things get interesting. Anytime John Gruden has a chance to draft, it's always intriguing. This is what Gruden does. He loves this time of year. And they got two first-round picks. The Oakland Raiders, what are they going to do? Or the Oakland Raiders, I'm sorry. I got to get used to it. The Las Vegas Raiders, what are they going to do? Ted, I'm actually going to go with the surprise pick. I'm going receiver, but I'm going to go with Henry Ruggs. And the reason I take Henry Ruggs is because, well, there's a guy in their own division who has speed unlike anybody else, maybe in the entire world, other than Olympic runners. So... Guess what? You got Tyrell Williams, you got Josh Jacobs, you got Derek Carr. Why don't you use a guy with all-around speed? A guy that anytime he catches the ball, he's a possibility of getting into the end zone. Now, I know Jared Judy is there. I know C.D. Lamb is there as well. Deep down, this is what Gruden wants. And Al Davis used to love getting guys like this, guys with speed. Henry Ruggs has the possibility to be great. Can't beat Tyreek Hill down the line. That's why I go with a little surprise here. I know he comes off as the first receiver. Some people say Judy because of his all-around game. But I'm going with Henry Ruggs, right receiver from Alabama. The well, 49? Yeah. That's I, a shocker. I, I know it's because a shocker. That, because that's someone that I was going to take with in the 13th pick. Now, San Francisco really doesn't have any glaring why we, needs. Why were, we, why were we thinking he would be the number? Were you gonna If you were on the clock right now, would you have taken Jared Judy or CeeDee Lamb? For the 49ers? No, no, no. For, for the Raiders. If you were on the clock with the Raiders, would you have taken Lamb or Judy? I think that's where it, it comes down to. To me, I would have took I Lamb. Think speed, I, I speed kills. I think I Lamb. Think a guy like he, that he has help. good size, great athleticism. Not the fastest guy, but if you watch the game, against the University of Texas last year, he, he, there was three or four guys surrounding him on catches, and he would still be able to make them miss and score touchdowns. And yeah. two years of proven commodity with Kyle Murray and with this year Jalen Hurts. But now leaves me with 13th pick, 49ers. They have Which two, are trying to trade They back. have two first-round picks, and yeah. we know they're trying to trade back because they don't have another pick to 156. But they don't have any glaring needs. They have a good, they have a quarterback. They have a great offensive line. I think if one of the linemen fall, it might be a possibility because Joe Staley is getting older. But with the 13th pick, I think because they lost Emmanuel Sanders, they got to take a receiver. And I'm going to go with the guy I just mentioned from Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb. You lose Emmanuel Sanders in free agency. Lambeau is a big play threat. We know that. Great route runner. He'll complement Debo Samuel as a right receiver. This will just add more versatility and give Kyle Shanahan the weapon that they're looking for going forward. I think if Henry Ruggs is on the board here, that is another possibility, but C.D. Lamb will be the pick at number 13. Okay. Wow. Jared Judy is still on the board and to some the number one receiver in this draft. So let's move over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They would love to get an offensive lineman here to give the protection of Tom Brady. They did just sign a guy named Tom Brady. So all four are gone. Do they take a reach with Josh Jones, go, go a little higher than expected, or do they go Austin Jackson from USC? Do they try to trade back? All possibilities. But they do need help on the defensive line as well and go with the second best interior defensive lineman in this draft, and that's Javon Kinlaw. This guy's nasty, this guy's athletic, and I don't think people are really taking into consideration just how good this guy could really be for the Buccaneers. I mean, we look at Derrick Brown, oh yeah, he was unbelievable, but Kinlaw, I know he's the unknown name, but down the road, this kid could be a star for the Buccaneers. They need help desperately on the defensive line. I know they would love to trade back possibly or get an offensive lineman here, but all top four linemen are gone, so they go with the best player available, and that is Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle from the South Carolina Gamecocks. Ted, the Denver Broncos, a golden opportunity now. They've been trying to team up Cortland Sutton 
add another piece to him and you got maybe the best receiver on the board still so are you going with Jared Judy? Or are you surprising me like I just did with the with the Las Vegas Raiders? No, I am going with Jared Judy. I'm going to make this really simple. I'm not going to waste time. Th they need another weapon. They have Drew Locke. They drafted Noah Fant last year. They have Cortland Sutton. Mm -hmm. Let's get him another weapon. He is probably the best pure route runner in this entire draft. Yes. He's a natural ball catcher. Was, we, we watched him the last two years in Alabama. Dominant. The year before, he won uh, the Blitnikoff Award as the best receiver. This year, he did not. But it was he was up for the position. <laughs> it wasn't like he, he fell off the table. Yeah. He, he's a phenomenal player. Another Alabama receiver, who, which we've seen. Seems like a do-it-all guy. Julio Jones, great player. Amari Cooper, we've seen these guys from Alabama produce in the NFL. So, John Elway will not screw this pick up. He will take Jared Judy and from Alabama. And help out his court. Also... Recent rumor, recent reports, they're trying to maybe trade their former first-round pick, Garrett Bowles, left tackle. So could offensive linemen be in play? Kind of like the Tampa Bay situation. Too early to take another offensive tackle. But when you have a player of Jared Judy's capabilities of being a star in this league, you take that chance. You take that pick, and you run up to the board. Help Drew Locke, help Cortland Sutton, and add to an already maybe – Interesting offense come next year with the running back duo of Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Guess what? Jared Judy at 15. Boy, oh boy, they'd be going nuts. So let's move over to the 16th pick in the Atlanta Falcons. This is a team that's very intriguing because there are reports swirling that they want to get into the top five and draft a defensive player. But who could be that defensive player be? Could it be Isaiah Simmons? Could it be Derrick Brown, Kinlaw, C.J. Henderson, maybe even Okuda if he's there? This is all defense. It's just what do they go? Pass rush, they go corner. They lose Desmond to the Lions, but they also lose Dante Fowler Jr., and they lose Vic Beasley in free agency. So they need a pass rusher. And that's why I'm going to go with the 16th pick, Kalevon Chason from LSU. I think this kid has the potential to be great, but he also has that boomer bust, kind of like Makai Becton. He's got athleticism. He's quick off the ball. He's a little smaller undersized as an edge rusher. He'll get bigger as his career prolongs. But I think that he is the best player available as well. I think you're going to start seeing more of these. I know the team needs are there. But when you have a glaring hole and the pass rusher and secondary, then you got to go with best player available. And that's Caleb Von Chason from LSU. Ted, you get the honors of picking the Dallas Cowboys. And we are done with the first half of our NFL mock draft so far. So let's see what the 17th pick brings us. Does Dallas go safety? Do they add to try to get a corner here? You got C.J. Henderson as well. What do you do here, Ted? So you just took one of the guys that I was possibly thinking of. He was I'm in sorry. my selection. I'm sorry. Chase on Because they do need pass rushers. They did lose Robert Quinn and Michael Bennett. So we know the Dallas Cowboys need some extra pass rush. But they also have glaring holds in the secondary. Safety, cornerback, they did lose Byron Jones. So this comes down to me, is it the safety from Alabama, Xavier McKinney, or is it the cornerback from Florida, C.J. Henderson? I think they take the safety. They only have Kaha Clinton Dix for a one-year deal. They need extra help. They have Jeff Heath. But this guy is a playmaker. We know what this guy can do. We've seen these type of playmakers for Alabama before. Mince Fitzpatrick, Landon Collins. Safeties do really well in the league from Alabama. So the Dallas Cowboys with the 17th pick take Xavier McKinney, safety from Alabama. Hmm, interesting. So let's move over to the second of three picks, and that's the Miami Dolphins. They take Tua with their first pick. Do they go offense? Do they go defense? And I just said a couple minutes ago that you almost don't want to force a pick or reach for a pick but I think the I think the Dolphins stay offense and go what a surprise here and take an offensive lineman the fifth best offensive lineman in Austin Jackson he's young I know Josh Jones is possible right here but I liked Austin Jackson he's very young he's athletic I also watched a story the other day of how he saved his his sister giving a bone marrow transplant and still being able to play and just to see just to see what you want that's that's comfort that's that's what you need that's what you want in trust Miami Dolphins need trust now with Tua coming off a serious injury they need trust offensive line is a big need for them I know it looks like a bit of a reach but they go to them the best offensive lineman available right there and that is Austin Jackson Ted 
The Las Vegas Raiders are back on the board. So, you took Henry Ruggs from Alabama, the speedster out. Great pick, love it. It brings back the old Oakland Raiders speedster receivers. So what else do they need? They need secondary help. Well, this is really easy. You take the second best corner on the on the draft board right now, and that's C.J. Henderson from Florida. Listen, they t had three players in the first round last year. They picked Trayvon Mullen, the cornerback from Clemson. After him, they really don't have much help in the secondary. C.J. Henderson would be an immediate upgrade. He would bring in, he could play slot corner, he could play outside cornerback. He would give Vegas their two young cornerbacks for the future, setting them up. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are now back on the board for their second pick of the first round. They addressed the defense. They go defensive tackle, first pick, Derrick Brown, maybe the best player in this draft to some, so they get a steal at number nine and add up in the interior defensive line. Now they look defense again. They're going to go secondary, but do they go safety or they go corner? That's what it comes down to. They're going to go corner. They just lost A.J. Boye. They just traded for him. Jalen Ramsey. So I'm going with LSU cornerback Christian Fulton at the number 20 pick. I mean, Jacksonville back in the day when they had Jalen Ramsey and Boye, they probably had the two best corners in the game at one point. They were shut down for a reason. They did their job. And just like LSU last year with Darren Singley and Christian Fulton, they probably had the best secondary in America last year. So this is all rebuild for Jacksonville. I know Gardner Minshew still is a question mark. Is he the franchise quarterback? Do they try to help him out, get him another receiver, and maybe is in Christian Fulton's teammate Justin Jefferson? No, they need secondary help. They need defensive help, period. Plain and simple, they need to get back to that 2017 dominant defense, and it starts with these two first-round picks. And what a, what a first round, if you're the Khan family of Jacksonville, you got to be happy with your first two picks in the first round. Going Derrick Brown at number nine and Christian Fulton at the 20th pick. So, Ted, you got another NFC East team in the Philadelphia Eagles. This is very simple. Do you help Carson Wentz out or not? <laughs> yeah, so, Trev, you're right. This is do the Eagles take a glaring need at wide receiver. They lost Nelson Aguilar. Alshon Jeffrey might be on his way out. They don't have any offensive weapons other than Zach Ertz. It's a glaring need, but they also need linebacker help. They lost eight-year veteran Nigel Bradham. The Eagles' problem is they don't have anybody compelling internally to replace Bradham at middle linebacker. They have Nathan Gary, who missed 29% of his attempted tackles, third amongst linebackers with 50 attempts. TJ Edwards was an undrafted player out of 2019. So they need a linebacker, and when you're going against Saquon Barkley, and Zeke Elliott and Adrian Peterson, you need someone to be a run stopper. You need someone to be able to go sideline and sideline. There's two linebackers sitting there in Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray. But there's also a glaring hole at receiver. And that's why I'm still going to have to take the receiver, though, even though they have a glaring need on defense. And the receiver I'm going to take is from LSU, Justin Jefferson. He's been the hottest name in the draft, moving up the draft board since the combine. He had 111 catches for 18 touchdowns for the national champs. And he actually surprised a lot of scouts and a lot of people at the combine running a 4-4-3. They need a number one receiver. He has a size. He has athleticism. He has the future to be the, a great one along with Carson Wentz at quarterback. So with the 21st pick, the Philadelphia Eagles select Justin Jefferson, receiver from LSU. You could have gone either linebacker or you could have gone receiver. I love the pick. I think he's rising in the boards right now. And I think I've seen a lot that's saying if he's available at 21, well, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to take him. And he is the best available receiver on the board. And this is a team that desperately needs receivers. So I love the pick. I think it's a great value pick. And it helps Carson Wentz. If you can help your franchise quarterback out, you're doing the right thing. Let's move over to the Minnesota Vikings. This was a proud team a couple years ago. A title contender a couple years ago. Now they've kind of dipped off. They lose a lot. This is not what position, but who are they taking from this position? You lose Trey Waynes. You lose Xavier Rhodes and you lose Mackenzie Alexander so they're going corner it's just who are they going and that's what it comes down to there's two names that I love I'm going either AJ Terrell or Jalen Johnson but who I'm gonna go with AJ Terrell I know that he had a bad lasting image in the national championship game against Jamar Chase well, but a lot of people did I was just year. about to say that hence a lot of people had a lot of problems like he's going to be a top five pick next year's NFL draft but they need secondary help. That's what it comes down to. This is the first of two picks. 
desperately. They lose their top three cornerbacks, like I said, so you add the best available. If Christian Fulton is still available at 22, then they're going to take him. But they take the best available cornerback in A.J. Terrell. He's long, he's athletic, he's a good tackler. And like I said, I know the lasting image of him getting beat up or picked apart against Jamar Chase. Maybe has a sour taste in some people's eyes, but this guy is the best available cornerback and a team that's desperate in need of cornerback help they go with the best available in A.J. Terrell. Ted, you get to get the New England Patriots. And this is a new, this is going to be a new-looked New England Patriots team. For the first time in 20 years, do they go with a new quarterback? We haven't been able to say that. Or do they go with the pass rush? They lost Kyle Van Noe in free agency. They've lost a lot. There is holes on this team. This is a team that I know they've been so good for so long now. But what do they decide to do? Do they go defense or just or do they go with their next franchise quarterback? And there is a guy still available at 23. So, Ted, you get the honors of picking the 23rd pick. So this is unprecedented times for the New England Patriots. We haven't seen this, it seems forever, yeah, right? 20 and it, years. It's not. It's really just 20 years. With that being said, the Patriots are on the board. They do crazy things here. They'll trade back. They'll trade up. They have glaring needs. They need pass rush. They need offensive weapons. If you're going to go in with Brian Hoare and Jared Stidham as your starting quarterbacks, you need to put weapons around them. They have no really re good receivers. There's a bunch of really good receivers right there, but I don't think they go receiver. And they don't need secondary you're help. you scare me there. <laughs> so this is unlike Patriot way. The Patriots usually wait to the second, third, or fourth round to select their quarterback. Mm -hmm. But there's a guy sitting there in Jordan Love from Utah State Oh boy! at 23. And uh -oh. I don't think a lot of people might suspect him being there. But there's been some talks that he might have some Mahomes flavor to him. So with the 23 pick, wow. the New England Patriots will take the fourth quarterback in this NFL draft from Utah State, Jordan Love. Plain and simple. Why did you do it? Why, honestly, why did you pick him? Why? You need, they have holes on the defense, so why did you go quarterback? Because I trust Belichick finding those holes with versatile players later in the rounds. He is very good at finding gems out of places that you don't suspect. Yes, they could take the guy outside linebacker for Wisconsin, Zach Bond, but you need a quarterback, and why not? He sits behind Josh McDaniels. Maybe Josh McDaniels and Jordan Wong become the future of the New England Patriots in two or three years. Okay. But you add versatility, you add you add competitiveness to this quarterback room. The New England Patriots find their quarterback. It's Jordan Love. Okay. Wow. That was a bit of a surprise there. I did not see the New England Patriots. I mean, Jordan Love, to some, could be going in the top 10. It's a possibility. But to see him fall all the way to 23 and the Patriots didn't have to trade up for him would be a... Wow. Belichick would be smiling because guess what? Now he has his quarterback of the future in Jordan Love. Four quarterbacks off the board. Four off, five tackles in this first round so far in the first 23 picks. Boy, oh boy, it's been an offensive draft in this early on. So let's go to the 24th pick. And a team kind of like the Minnesota Vikings, very similar. They needed the cornerback help with the Vikings. The Saints, they need linebacker help. They just lost A.J. Klein to the Bills, and Kiko Alonso is coming back from a torn ACL in which he suffered against those Minnesota Vikings. So it's not what position. It's almost who are they going to take. And there are still the two best linebackers, not named Isaiah Simmons, still available and still on the board. But which one do they go? Kenneth Murray is the all-around better player, but Patrick Queen has the ability to be a guy that can play in the pass, could play as a pass rusher. He can do a lot of things. He's electric. He was a big part of that LSU team. But which one do they go? Do they go A.J. Murray or do they go Patrick Queen? I'm going to go with the best available linebacker on this board, and that is Kenneth Murray. This guy was a standout right from the beginning as an Oklahoma Sooner. I mean, this guy can do it all. He's a great tackler. He's got a great eye for the ball carry. He can get to the quarterback. He plays in great coverage. I mean, he'll have to fine-tune some things, but deep down, this is the best linebacker, and if you could get a player of his talent at 24, then that is another steal for those New Orleans Saints, a team that really doesn't have a lot of glaring holes in general. I mean, this is a team that just is wanting to add to this team that is still a Super Bowl contending team. It's just when are they finally going to get there? And I think Kenneth Murray could be a huge addition to this defense. So, Ted, you get the second pick of the Minnesota Vikings at 25. 
And you already took the cornerback, so we're not going to go cornerback here. We're they gonna... could go corner again, though. I mean, realistically, because they lost their top three corners, they could go. Tw they could go again, cornerback. They could. They did lose Xavier Rhodes. They did lose Trey Wayne. They did lose Mackenzie Alexander. But I think they take a receiver here. And I think they take the best receiver available. And for me, I would have had T. Higgins here, but I don't think he fits their schematic scheme. So I'm going to go with the athletic guy from Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, okay. The Vikings really don't have much depth behind Adam Thielen since they traded Stephon Diggs. You bring in Ayuk, he's a deep threat playmaker who averaged 18.3 yards per catch last year, averaged 31.8 yards per kickoff return last season. Ayuk is a great athlete who plays bigger than his six-foot frame. He's got an 81-inch wingspan, so I like it. You get the cornerback at 22. You get the wide receiver at 25 for the Minnesota Vikings. So the Minnesota Vikings select a receiver, a much-needed position, Losing Stephon Diggs in the offseason, so they get a cornerback in A.J. Terrell, and then they get a receiver who many in this process really like in Brandon Ayuk. So you help Kirk Cousins out, and then you help the defensive out as well. So that's a good draft for the Minnesota Vikings. Their first two picks are hits and their needs, and that's what it comes down to. So let's get over to another team that has multiple first-round picks, and it's the last of their three first-round picks. It's the Miami Dolphins. They go Tua first, then they go Austin Jackson second. Now where do they go? Do they stay on the offensive trend? Do they go running back maybe? So do they add another running back? They just picked up Jordan Howard in free agency. They got Kalen Balaj and Miles Gaskin. But to me, this is a team that needs a three-down horse in that backfield. I think Jordan Howard could be a good goal line back, but I do not see him as a full-time back for this team. But they could also go safety. Xavier McKinney, if he was available, I think they'd be going him in his heartbeat. So what do the Dolphins do? Do they go full offense? Or they... I'm going to go stay with the trend, but who do they go with? He's been my favorite running back in this entire draft process. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. This guy has been, to me, the best running back the past two years at Wisconsin. He's been their do-it-all guy. He's been a 2,000-yard rusher multiple times for them. I know that he's some... He gets a knock for not being a pass catcher like a DeAndre Swift, where he may be the most complete back, but I love this kid's game. I think he's going to be a perfect fit in this offense. Brian Flores, you get Tua, you get Austin Jackson, now you get your running back for the future, and you got a formidable team going forward. And if you're a Miami Dolphin man, you got to be happy with these first three picks. I know it's all offense and a team that needs secondary help. Losing Miss Minka Fitzpatrick this past year to trade. Antoine Winfield Jr. is there, but they go Jonathan Taylor and sure up that entire offensive draft in the first round. So Dolphin fans, be happy because, to me, it's a home run draft for this team. So with the 27th pick, the Seattle Seahawks are now on the board. Do they go offensive line or do they go passers? They lose to Davian Clowney, but they could use another offensive line with this run-heavy team. So, Ted, you are on the clock with Seattle Seahawks. Trevor, like you already said, the Seahawks did trade for Clowney last year. He was a one-year rental, has not re-signed, possibly could come back, but we he has not signed at this present time. We know they need offensive line help because they are a run-based offense and they want to give protection to Russell Wilson. But... There's a glaring hole on pass rush, and with Garoppolo and Jared Goff and Kyle Murray, you have to produce pass rushing ability. They were one of the worst pass rushing teams in the league, second to only the Dolphins last year. So with the 27th pick, the Seattle Seahawks will take Derek Brown's teammate, Marlon Davidson. And the reason why I chose wow. him is not only because he can pass rush, but he can play both the interior offensive defensive line and outside defensive line. He's a big guy, over six foot, over 300 pounds. Showed he had great athleticism at the combine. He was a four-year starter for Auburn. He'll add versatility to the Seattle Seahawks defensive line. He'll be able to stop the run and, and play the pass for the Seattle Seahawks. Ted, I love the pick. He doesn't get enough respect because he was teamed up with Derek Brown who got all the credit and all the praise as a dominant defensive lineman. But he was very good for Auburn. And anybody doesn't get to see him, go check out his films at YouTube because he was a hell of a player. So let's move over to the 28th pick and the Baltimore Ravens. This is a team that has lost some pieces on defense this past year. But they pick up Calais Campbell. They're still looking for that middle linebacker. They would have loved to probably seen Kenneth Murray here, but he was taken early on. So they're going to go linebacker here. 
And that's why with the best available linebacker still on the board is LSU's Patrick Queen with the 28th pick. I love what this kid has done on the field. I know that it's only been for one year and I know that gets a knock for him because Kenneth Murray was a three-year starter and was a consistent player for that Oklahoma Sooner team. But Patrick Queen came on and really tore it up this season. He was one of their main focal points on defense and he reminds me of a perfect Baltimore Raven linebacker. He's tough. He's athletic. He can hit you. He has to work on some things as always as all these prospects have to. But this kid, they're going to go ball, they're going to go linebacker without question and the best available linebacker on that board is Patrick Queen, linebacker LSU. So Ted now we get into the final four and the last four Titans. So the Titans, they lose Jack Conklin. They could use a pass rusher. Are you going offense? Are you going defense? Ted, I'm intrigued by what you're going to do with those Tennessee Titans. Well, this was definitely the surprise team of the NFL last year. You're Ryan Tannehill kidding. comes from Miami, takes over from Marcus Mariota. Derrick Henry becomes the leading rusher in the NFL. Dominant offensive line. Defense was sufficient. Playmakers. They need help in the secondary. They need help at right tackle. They do have a viable starter in the name of Dennis Kelly, a solid and capable starter. Once again, they can rely on that grounded pound running game and then hit the play action pass. They could also use a receiver. Corey Davis has not panned out for them. They could use some explosive plays. There is great receivers right here on the board. But I think since they have lost pass rushers, they traded away their defensive tackle to the Denver Broncos and Jarrell Casey. They signed Vic Beasley to a one-year deal. So they need help on the defensive line. And that's why I'm going to choose a six foot six defensive end from Penn State, Yator. Gross Matos with the 29th pick. The Tennessee Titans take the defensive end, Penn State. Now we move over to the 30th pick in the NFL draft, and that is the Green Bay Packers. This all comes down to, are we going to finally see weapons around Aaron Rodgers? It's been, it's been said for years now. Can they finally give him another weapon? And that's one of the biggest needs is receiver. This is a deep receiver class. Devontae Adams is great, but he has been dealing with injuries. They've just signed Devin Funches, who's not going to cut it for them. And losing Jimmy Graham, they need another big play receiver. And I'm going with the 30th pick in the NFL mock draft. I'm going... Wide receiver Clemson, T. Higgins. He's big, he's physical, and he catches touchdowns. And that's all you want in the NFL, right? You want touchdowns. And T. Higgins does all that. I know he was probably projected to be a higher pick early on in this whole process, but he's kind of faltered. If Green Bay could pick him up at 30, it'd be a steal. They could also look at linebacker if one of them are there, or Patrick Queen, I should say, Kenneth Murray if they were available, but they are not. They go best available receiver, and that is T. Higgins, a much needed weapon for Aaron Rodgers. And now, Ted, we move over to the final two teams, the Super Bowl teams, the 49ers. This is another position that they would like to trade back. What are they going to do? There are a couple pieces away. Losing Emmanuel Sanders, they take a receiver with the first pick and, and C.D. Lamb. Do they go defense? Do they go offensive line? Ted, what you got for me? Yeah, this is for a team that was just in the Super Bowl and lost. They do have some glaring holds that they need to fill. Uh, one is the secondary position. Richard Sherman's getting older. Their safeties were really poor last year other than Jimmy Ward. Also, Joe Staley's another year older. Eventually, they're going to have to worry about that position and fill that, uh, that void. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to stick to what the 49ers did well last year and that was their defense and I'm going to add secondary help now it comes down to either Jalen Johnson the cornerback from Utah maybe Trevon Diggs mm -hmm. big athletic cornerback from Alabama yep. or the safety from Minnesota Antoine Winfield who could play slot corner could also play safety he's kind of almost like a Swiss Army Knight of himself yes but I'm going to go with Trevon Diggs. Huh. I like him because he's athletic. He's a bigger cornerback. He reminds me a lot of Richard Sherman. He can play up in the face, press man coverage. He comes from that Alabama defense where they were a lot of man coverage, one-on-one. -on -one. He'll succeed by learning from the best, one of the best defensive corners in football and learning from one of the best all-time cornerbacks in Richard Sherman. He'll add versatility. Maybe they'll use him in some safety situations because of his size and athleticism. But Trevon Diggs with the 31st pick for the San Francisco 49ers. Interesting, interesting. I'm surprised you went Trevon Diggs because you did have a Jalen Johnson still available. And... And like you said, the offensive line. I'm. Surprised. I like the size of Diggs. He's okay. a bigger cornerback. He's over six feet. He's over 205. 
200 pounds, where Jalen Johnson's a more smaller cornerback. Uh-huh. I think the 49ers like bigger corners, more fearful, similar to what Seattle was really successful when they had Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas. They had the Legion of Boom. They had all those great Brandon Browner. They had big physical corners as well. And also, Antoine Winfield Jr. is a great possibility, like you said, because he could play the corner position. So I'm surprised that this is a guy that to some could be a first back end of the draft pick, so he's still available at 32. And this might be a position where San Francisco, if they can't get out of their early first round pick at number 13, maybe someone comes up and gets a guy like yeah. Antoine Winfield, or like if, we were just looking up the, uh, the tackle, Cleveland from Boise State is another possibility, someone looking to fill that void. Or if it gets even more interesting, a team that needs a quarterback and Jordan Love just so happens to still be there. This is a team that is trying to pick up picks because they don't have one until pick 156. They need help, and they would like to get out of these picks. But if you if if they stay put, these are two home run hits for them. This is two home run hitters, and this is two needs. They get the corner, and they get a receiver. So another, if you look at all these teams with multiple first round picks, they've done a tremendous job of picking best player available and team need, a combination of both. So let's get to the final pick of our 2020 NFL mock draft, and that's the Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, what did they decide to do? Do they add to this already amazing offense with Patrick Mahomes? Maybe add a running back again, because you know Shady McCoy is getting older. And then Damian Williams, yet has been pretty good, but he hasn't been the dominant guy that we all expected him to be coming into this year. So that they go running back. DeAndre Swift is there. J.K. Dobbins is there. They could go linebacker. They could go offensive line. They could add secondary. There's a lot of things that they could add to a team that is already a dominant team. I'm actually going to go with a surprise. They are going to go linebacker, but you maybe might be surprised of a guy that is a late riser in this whole draft, and that's the linebacker from Wyoming, Logan Wilson. I looked up this. I looked up this guy last night, and let me tell you, this guy can play football. He's a good tackler. He's perfect size for a linebacker. He's fast. He's athletic. He makes plays. He's all over the field. And the Chiefs have desperately needed a linebacker since the departure of Derek Johnson. Anthony Hitchin has been horrible, awful for the Kansas City Chiefs since Derek Johnson has left. So Logan Wilson is still available there. I know he may be a second round pick, early second, midway second pick. And I know this could be a little high for him, but he has been rising in the boards the past couple weeks. So if Logan Wilson is there and a team that desperately needs an inside presence at that linebacker position, well, this kid is a great football player and Steve Spagnola would love to have a linebacker like him just as Giant fans. So ladies and gentlemen, that will complete the 2020 Keys to the Cities NFL Mock Draft. We are streaming on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes as well. You can check us out at Facebook, Keys to the City, Instagram, Twitter as well, Keys to the City. It is draft week, ladies and gentlemen. We are so close from announcing who these teams will be selecting. I cannot wait for Thursday. Ted, I know you cannot wait. I know it's going to be different, but I know what I'll be doing all this weekend. I'll be watching the NFL Draft. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.